welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, your weekly podcast reviewing games from the Game Pass Collection, bringing you three unique perspectives from a varying skill range. I am your master builder, Andrew. With me, our journeyman builder, Keith. Hello. And our apprentice builder, Liz. Hey, guys. I guess actually that intro doesn't work too well because out of all of us, you've probably put the most time in this game. <laughs> but I'm sticking with it. It's sad how much how much I played this game. So this week was Liz's pick, which was my time in my time at Porsche. I keep wanting to call it my time in Porsche, but that just sounds like a terrible porno. <laughs> so I keep getting the names kind of screwed up. I, I get every week's name screwed up, but I end up just like editing it out most of the time. But Liz, tell us why did you pick my time at Porsche? I love games like this. Um, I've mentioned before how much I love Stardew and. Graveyard Keeper and um, what is that kind of game called? I should know this. It's. I sim- mean, they're all a little different, but. Yeah, it's. I guess it's considered like a simulator. Uh, farming simulator is kind of how it is, but this one isn't really much of a farm. So it's yeah. a workshop simulator. But yeah, so Andrew actually bought this game for me a while back for the PC, and I really wanted to see what it would be like on the Xbox. And I also just wanted an excuse to play more of it. Because <laughs> you do love this game. But uh, So this game is brought to you by a relatively small studio called Pathia, which, Keith, I know you were looking up some of their past games, and didn't you find out the majority of their past games were just kind of like these 2D side-scrollers? Um, I don't know if I'd say most of them. To be honest, I didn't look too deep. I looked at two of them in particular. One was a side-scroller. It was called, like, Space Explorers or something. It actually looked pretty fun. And then... Or Planet Explorers. Sorry, I just pulled it up now. And then Drains. Which, I honestly... I couldn't figure out what that one is. But the storyline sounded cool. So, I don't know. It seems like it, this studio as a whole has some interesting storylines to their games, I guess. Yeah, which I kind of like the environment that they did in this one. But uh, to give a quick synopsis of this game, you are a young builder arriving back into your hometown where your uncle, was your uncle or your dad? No, it was your dad. All right, where your dad owned a workshop. So you're taking over the workshop. I feel like that's generally the premise of, like, majority of, like, building, builder games. Because, like, yeah, Stardew Valley was your grandfather's farm. Uh, Graveyard Keeper was a little bit different. But, yeah, so you go to this small town and you're taking over your dad's workshop and you're basically trying to get yourself integrated in this new town and try to get your dad's workshop back up and running and back on top of everyone. So real quick, is this a gamer pass for you guys? It's a game for me, obviously. <laughs> I think this is going to be an easy one for all of us. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, game. Yeah, this is, this is easily a game. It, this is just a very fun, simple game. Yeah. That's easy to pick up. So... What did you guys think of the story and the atmosphere of this game? So I thought this game was awesome myself. I, I, so you asked, I guess, Andrew, what the what I think of the, the story. The story and the atmosphere. So the story and the atmosphere. So I think the atmosphere was really cool. It's like a, it's actually a really big map. I didn't even get that far into it in the amount of time that I played, which was quite a bit. Um, but it's a really big map. The layout's at least interesting. I loved the atmosphere of this game. The story I just thought was kind of okay. It's just, like I said, very generic of, yep, you inherited a workshop, start building it. But I loved, like, the atmosphere of this game because it's supposed to take place, like, far into the future where humanity basically has collapsed and died. And there was, like, this age of darkness that went on for over 300 years until one hero came and was able to finally clear out the skies and 
brings sunshine back to the planet and now like ancient technology is buried underneath the planet and there's a church that hates the technology because it brought this age of darkness but obviously as a builder you want to kind of progress and get new technologies so you have this like interesting battle for technology and religion with this like universe that i really liked but yeah i just love that you're going in through like these old civilization like water treatment plants and finding just basic stuff like a clock but it's considered like forbidden technology so i really liked the atmosphere that they built with this game yeah i thought that the way that you could move the camera just made it seem a lot bigger too and i love that you can unlock different areas so that also made it feel really expansive yeah but i also read that i like the the story i mean the beginning like you said earlier was a bit generic but i like that you build relationships and stuff like um like stardew I thought the last one that we played that was like this, or that I thought was like this, Moonlighter, that's something that I thought was really missing. So going to a game like this, I really enjoyed it. See, I think the games all play in themselves. And yeah, Andrew definitely forgot to mention Moonlighter, which is, I think, a pretty similar game to this. Obviously, you don't build as much in that game, but I agree with you, Liz. I I think it has a lot of points that match that and graveyard keeper and stardew valley i like that it brings in all those elements i guess i and i'm with you too i'm also kind of a, just a sucker for these types of games i consider moonlighter more of a dungeon crawler than it is like a management sim because to me i, I felt like the store in that one was more of a afterthought so that's why i have a hard time kind of comparing it to the moonlighter to these kind of games i do agree with you the only thing i at least for me i guess the reason i think i connect the two so much is heavy inventory management which i felt like i was i'm always under the constraint of in both of these games but i get i get where you're coming from yeah because like for me like moonlighter had such like a nice tight combat but then like when you come to this game i thought the fighting in this game was really kind of lackluster so that's why for this game i consider it more of a management sim than it is like an action adventure game like moonlighter was because yeah the combat in this game i thought is just very simple and kind of generic if you have the equipment, like you can buy things to add uh, defense, you can upgrade your weapon. If you do all that, I mean, it's pretty easy. And there really aren't that many dungeons to battle in either. No. I feel like it's a, a much smaller portion. Like even comparing it to Stardew Valley, where you had like so many layers to the caves, I, I definitely think that they could have added more or just made the combat a bit more difficult. Andrew pointed out to me that when you're fighting the monsters, it's like the old school Mortal Kombat, where if you get somebody against the wall, I mean, they're pretty much done. They're not going to fight back. Just keep hitting one button. Exactly. And that's <laughs> what I did, and I did fine. If I can do it, you can do it. Yeah, I do think Graveyard Keeper and Moonlighter had similar fighting styles, where and because I, I think they were mostly top-down, that really pixelated graphics, so they were really close there. And like you said, Andrew, I think they're just a lot tighter. So, yeah, it, it, this was kind of weak, and it's definitely not a dungeon crawler as much, but the the elements are there to a certain degree, and I think at least the the overall play style is, is similar enough. Yeah, so as Liz was kind of saying, there's, there's no difficulty setting in this game, which this game doesn't need one, because, well, it maybe would have been nice if there was maybe a slight difficulty increase to it, because this game is just overall very easy, which I think makes this game incredibly accessible, and I think that's why you really like this game, Liz. But yeah, anytime you've went into combat you for the most part just keep doing your basic attack and the enemy's not gonna be able to do much at all there's a handful of bosses but the bosses i thought were pretty weak once again you can still kind of bash them but you can't really like stun them as you can with like normal enemies so there's like a little bit more of a challenge with the bosses but they weren't anything like you didn't have to do any sort of like combat dance with them and try to avoid things 
you can roll out of the way, which makes you invulnerable when you roll, so it's kind of easy to dodge some of the enemy attacks. But I never had any like real issues with the bosses, because even then, it's also forgiving. When you're in the dungeons, if you die, you actually have a couple of lives. So it'll say, oh, you have two more chances left, and it just starts you back. It doesn't reset the floor at all. It just You just continue. So that made it also extra easy. Which I think if they added more to the combat, though, it would have made it more difficult with the game because I feel like this game is all about multitasking. And for me, it's like I felt like the better that you do, the more that you have to do. But I just felt like I didn't get to do all the things that I wanted to. So you have to go to the mines. Then you have to melt the ores into bars. And while that's going, you also have to do commissions. And you have to... I mean, there's so many different things that you're doing. So I feel like if they added more to like the dungeon element, I would have wanted to be there more. And I just felt like I didn't have the time. Like, it's not as slow-paced as other games where you can kind of like pick and choose. I felt like I was always running back and forth trying to get as much done. Yeah. The nice thing how you're saying, though, Liz, it is very multitask-oriented. But that also is kind of the nice thing about this game because all your things are automated. All you have to do is just feed the ingredients in and the machines do all the work and just pop out the product at the end. Unlike Graveyard Keeper, where you actually have to sit there and use your stamina to chop all the wood, grind all the stones. Like you had to physically do all of the things in that game. That made that game incredibly tedious. But this one, everything's automated, which is super helpful. So all you have to do is just make a bunch of furnaces so you can just throw everything in and just, oh, I'll come back later and I'll have all my bars ready. I absolutely love that about this game. Well, actually, quick question, strategy question, because you mentioned this. Did you, do you build multiple furnaces? I just yes. built one. And this is... You did? Oh my gosh, that must have took you forever. Oh, well, well, see, like I built the first one and then I built the upgraded version of it. And then I waited oh. until I could do that. And I think this is why I, this is how I am with a lot of these games. And even though I still love them, it's where I guess you could say I'm bad at them. Is even though you really can't be bad at a game like this, which is one of the things I love, I'm just slow because I don't pay attention. I don't think about those things as much as, as some people do, I guess. I think I'm going to demote you, Keith, to uh, Keith the Noob now. <laughs> uh, congratulations, Liz. You got a promotion. Ooh. <laughs> I, I mean, for this episode, I'll take it. I think, I think it's actually fair for this episode. So I guess you're the apprentice builder now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it. You you want to make sure that you have a good four or five furnaces running because there's a ton of different bars you need to smelt. So it's nice to just have like two of them are doing bronze. This one's doing copper. This one's doing glass, and it can really kind of speed up your process, especially when you start doing the contracts. Because the contracts, I guess I should explain what the contracts are. Uh, commissions. The best way you make commissions. I guess I should explain what the commissions are. The best way to make money in this game is to go to a bulletin board. There's a builder's guild that you go to every day. Well, every day during the week. And people will put up commissions on the board. And they'll ask for anything like, oh, I need two swords or give me four tables. And if you have multiple things running to get you the products, by the time you go back to your base, you can instantly just assemble those tables and instantly turn in and get money. So that's like your best way to get money in this game. And it's also how you prove the reputation of your workshop. But you also have to make sure you can actually make them because that's something that Andrew kept kept taking commissions. And like there there are some things that you you have to kind of like work towards. Like there are commissions where you might need cotton. Well, you have to grow that cotton and it takes five days. And then if you're not paying attention, you need other things. Like some commissions you have a short amount of time and some you have a lot longer. Like there's some that you have like 21 days. But you always want to make sure that you can do it before you take it. And then I also think it's very important that you never go to bed unless it's like at three o'clock. I mean, they make you pass out anyways, 
But if you have extra time, never go to bed if you have stamina because you always need wood. You always need the bloodstones and marble and you, I mean, you just, especially wood though, like in herbs, things like that. So one thing I really liked with this game too is that you can work your way up to having more stamina and more health. So a lot of the items that you find in the caves and even when you're fighting the bad guys, sometimes they'll drop them. You can put them in your house and you get stamina or health and that just like keeps adding up to it so that's like one thing if you play this game i recommend oh and like never go to bed with stamina are you trying to outrank me <laughs> what she is. i gave you promotion over keith and now what you're trying to up me you're trying to get over me is that what you're doing she's trying to go to master builder right now she's i know giving all these up. tips get out of here with your tips noob but yes i agree liz i absolutely loved the like rpg element in this game where the, anything you're doing, you're getting experience points. And then every time you level up, you actually pick this like where you want to put your points in. There's three skill trees. There's combat, gathering, and social. The uh, social one I always thought was kind of the weakest. But I've always wanted to ask you guys. So Graveyard Keeper didn't have any sort of like personal progression for your character. But Stardew Valley did. Stardew Valley did it where the more you harvest, you just naturally increased your harvesting skill. Or the more you gathered, you increased your gathering skill. Which system did you guys prefer? Did you prefer Porsches where you actually pick? You actually get skill points and you pick where you want it to go? Or do you like how Stardew Valley did it and the more you worked on something, the better you got at it? I think Stardew because for me, especially with this game, I didn't focus on building the relationships, which I did with with Stardew. But yeah, I just, I like the natural progression of it. I don't like picking and choosing because each section... Well, I did that once. Oh, my <laughs> word. But each section, like, there's different drop points. So you can do, for instance, like, using your axe, using your pickaxe, and, and things like that. And for me, I'd rather not have to choose. I'd rather it just be natural. Yeah, see, for me, I like the Porsche method where I think you said it best, Andrew. It kind of it gave me a reminder of my RPG elements where I could pick and choose how I wanted to spend my skills. You know, you could kind of do them strategically or to your playstyle, whatever it may be. But I like kind of having the ability to just gather XP everything I do and I'll worry about how I spend it. For me, I'm really torn. I think for the most part, I lean a little bit more to the Stardew Valley way. I do kind of like the more I'm doing something, the better I do feel like I'm getting at it. Because with this game, I kind of feel like it's cheating where it's like, hey, I just chopped down a forest full of trees and I gained like 10 levels. I'm not any good at gathering, but oh, I'm really good at combat now and I can go in dungeons and destroy everything because I apparently chopped down a bunch of trees. So I think it flowed a little bit better in Stardew Valley where you're kind of just doing your thing and it's making you progress. But I will say with Porsche's way of doing it though, I actually felt more of a progression because any of the skill points that you put in Porsche, like I really would feel like reducing the stamina it would take to chop down trees and stuff like that or adding items to my house to increase my stamina or increase my health. Because within just a matter of, I don't know, a month of the in-game time, I didn't feel like I was struggling for stamina at all. But right at the beginning of the game, like you can only do like two things and it's like, oh, out of stamina. And it's like the same with Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley, I felt like it took so long in that game to actually kind of get a good flow to feel like, okay, I actually made progression. I don't need a lot of stamina. Like my stamina can actually last me all day. I like that it was a little bit harder in Stardew though. Cause I mean, in this one, like you said, even at the beginning, I didn't feel like I needed to consume anything to boost my stamina. Where Stardew, I was always kind of bummed because I was like, crap, I wish I could do more. And it was harder to find food and stuff in um, Stardew at the beginning before your crops are grown. So I actually kind of like that Stardew had a bit more of a challenge with it. One of my biggest complaints to starting off in this game is 
making money. I know the best way to make money, as I was saying earlier, is the commissions, but it's really hard to kind of sell things. Like in Stardew Valley, I felt like everything you're doing, everything you're chopping, everything you're gathering, you could just throw into a box and it just sells everything for you and you get some sort of currency out of it. But in this, it's kind of hard to figure out, okay, oh, maybe I could sell this to this guy. And he's like, yeah, I'll give you one gold for that entire stack of stone. And it's like, okay, that, that does nothing for me. So I, I always felt it was really difficult to make money when I first played this game. Getting back into this game, like, obviously I didn't find it as difficult. But I remember, yeah, the first time I played this game, it, it felt like it took forever to upgrade anything. Which you also, I, I mentioned to you, and you didn't realize that the market value affects how much money you get too. So if you obviously want to buy when it's low and sell when it's high. But it was also kind of frustrating because there are some things I needed to build, like the repair kits for a better pickaxe. And there'd be like a full week where the price was outrageous, like 120%. And I wanted to buy, obviously, when it was like in the 70 to 80 percent range so i thought that was really frustrating too so you really had to like pick and choose what day you wanted to sell and i mean there are like some things you could do like i had so much stone at one point that i just made like hundreds and hundreds of stone stools went to the furniture guy and sold them just for like a couple extra bucks i was like what am i gonna do with like thousands of pieces of stone yeah i do have a lot see it's funny i didn't even do think i didn't even do that I would just sell the stone outright when I had too much. I didn't even, I was too lazy to make the stools, and that's why I am the, what, what am I, <laughs> apprentice? Yep, you're now the apprentice. Oh, no, I've already been the apprentice, but yeah, that's, we're just solidifying it at this point. I also recommend with this game, there's um, a YouTube channel, I think it's called Dangerously Funny, and he does super funny videos for Stardew Valley, and he did a couple for My Time at Porsche, and he kind of gives like some tips and tricks and I watched some of that before I played too. But I recommend if you're like really into this game to watch some of his videos because he's always a hoot. How dare you plug other people's work into our podcast. <laughs> People should only listen to us. But you don't make YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, no, you're a good point. <laughs> I mean, well, you could give the tips now to our listener. Well, the market one I got from him. <laughs> Full disclosure. I say, no, don't, put her, don't put her on the spot now. Now she's like, uh, I, know. I don't know. But no, I, I do actually do recommend his YouTube channel. I actually think he's really funny. I like his Stardew Valley videos. Which I just realized how like dorky it is that like how many Stardew Valley videos I watched of his. Because some of them are just funny. He's like trying to get with Pam, the alcoholic mother of Penny. And like she like lives in a trailer and she's just like not the greatest of people. And he's just like so funny. I'm like. How many hours did I put into his videos? I'm like slightly embarrassed. <laughs> well, that actually is a good segue because I know this is a question <laughs> Andrew had. Who did you try to get with in Porsche? Ow, ow! <laughs> oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Your pick is embarrassing. All right. I'm proud of my I'm pick. I'm going to start off. It was what a little do you mean my like, pick's embarrassing? Typical male. Go for the one with the big knockers. <laughs> I was going. <laughs> <laughs> I it's love true. that you just said knockers. <laughs> That's my wife, everyone. <laughs> Classy. Uh, that <laughs> Is so that still PG thirteen or or everyone? Are we good on that? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why not? You got so many complaints. <laughs> well, as Liz is saying, I was going for Phyllis. Uh, hated her name, but yeah, she was the nurse. I, I liked her. She, she was, the, I thought, the most attractive. Because the other ones I thought were really snobby. And Phyllis, I thought, was kind of down to earth. And she was also the easiest, because all you had to do was just give her talismans, which are the easiest thing to make. Another reason why the men would pick her. Yeah. She's easy. It was easy to, <laughs> she's easy to get as a wife. 
All right, Liz, come on. Why don't you lighten us? What was your amazing pick? Well, I said earlier I wasn't really focused on the social aspect, so I haven't picked yet. I think the last time I played this on the PC, I picked Emily, the farmer. But it was more just because I built that relationship quickly. But I feel like I really like Ginger, Arlo, Albert, even though he's a player. Petra. But I'm, like, really bad at science, so it's just, like, I, I, I don't See, know. I didn't want Emily because I felt like the game was forcing you to like her. Because she's on the main cover of the game, and they constantly keep doing story dialogue with her. It's like, oh, she's your neighbor. You have to go with her. So it's like, no, well, screw you, game. That, I wouldn't go I'm with her going for the nurse. this time. I would, like, I'm doing somebody new this time. <laughs> I'm that. I'm Jeez. picking somebody new this time around. But, yeah, I just, yeah, between those picks. I know I listed, like, four, but. <laughs> no, you, you picked, like, the entire town. Andrew, this is your wife. Yeah. She's got a wandering eye. You look out. <laughs> what about you, Keith? Uh, so, for me, this is easy. I will say, I did have a bit of a soft spot for Petra. She's a science nerd, nerd girl. I don't know. I, I respect that. She's smart. I like it. But it was love at first sight for me. Sonya all the way. She was the first one I walked into town, and I said, this girl is beautiful, and she's going to be my Porsche wife. I think she was the worst. She seemed like the most preppy, snobby girl. She's the waitress of the restaurant, and she, anytime she asks for any sort of commissions, it's always, like, fashion things. Like, I want fluffy pendants, or I want, like, this talisman. Like, I don't know. She always just is, like, the high-maintenance high girl. And it's like, nah, forget that girl. But I feel yeah. like she's also probably kind of, like, the hipster that doesn't really bathe that much. <laughs> so it's like she wears all these jewelries, but she's like, oh, I can't take off, like, this freaking arm full of bracelets. I'm just not going to shower for a week. And then, like, <laughs> I oh, I got to take all my bracelets off. <laughs> nothing bad about either of your picks. And here you guys are just <laughs> beating up on mine. I'm sorry. Great, great pick, Keith. Good job. Yeah, I like Sonya. You picked a stinky. I don't care. <laughs> She's not a stinky. She works at a restaurant for crying out loud. Yeah. She can't be yeah, a stinky. Keith, that's exactly a fair point. She works at a restaurant. How many restaurants have you worked at, Keith? And how many times did you smell when you came home? There's a difference. Checkmate. She's a server. I was making the food. <laughs> Servers don't exactly have their hands buried in onions, all right? No, but they carry the food and they get all the wafting in their clothes. <laughs> the no. wafting. No, there's no, there's nothing like onion stink hand. <laughs> you have been cutting onions all day. I guess this should also go to, I guess, my other question for you guys with this game. So you were kind of alluding a little bit. What did you guys overall think of the graphics and I guess the character models? Because I, I do kind of agree with you, Keith. I think the character models, they kind of looked like a little bit like the Xbox avatars, just with like, I think, slightly bigger heads. Actually, another game, real quick, I don't want to interrupt you, but Kingdom no. for Kefling, did that just use Xbox avatars? Because that it was did. the other game. Okay, That's all it did was use Xbox avatars. Because I was going to say, just from the cover of that game, that was the vibe I got of the Porsche characters, and I guess that's why I thought that. It's hard to say they look like the avatars now, because now that Microsoft updated how the avatars look. Well, so I guess like that era of avatars then, because that's the, the one The 360 era. Yeah. Yeah, and for me, I felt like that's generally what this game kind of looked like, is kind of basically like a 360 game. The graphics, for the most part, I thought were just really kind of bland. Like, the environments, I thought were, like, just lush enough that it kind of looked like it was lived in. But for the most part, I thought just the environment was really kind of flat. The city was, the walls were really kind of blank besides the random shark posters that were everywhere. So for me, I don't know, the graphics I thought were just kind of very basic. I mean, I like that they changed for, like, the seasons, too, though. I mean, there were, like little variations but with the character models i thought it was really cool that you could really customize your character like even something as simple as like the eye width you could change your hair color 
And it was the same later on when you build your house. Like, most games like this, if you expand your house, it still looks the same. In this game, it doesn't. Everything that you customize actually looks different, which I thought is really cool. I thought the town looked really cool. Like, I wanted to run through that town. Like, I thought it looked really nice. No, I agree with you. I think the town was really nice. But I'm with Andrew, ultimately. The graphics were really nothing that impressive. They weren't bad. It, it was nothing that bothered me because, again, I was just so much more focused on what I was doing and what I needed to do. But as a whole, yeah, there was, I don't know, they were just mediocre at best, I think. As far as the character models, one thing that I do like that games sometimes do, sometimes don't do, but Porsche opted to was that they actually change your character model if you change what your armor is or your hat or you can have like eyewear and all these different things so i thought it was cool that you could actually see those changes in the game that's something i do like but i don't know i, I guess it still just didn't blow me away as far as the game yeah i mean i i liked it too except some of like the armor you got i thought was super hideous especially the hats luckily in the option they give you the option to turn off hats but yeah the hats i thought for the most part were really awful the one with the wings yeah yeah like the one with the wings oh, you that's get, like, the these... coolest Wait, one that's ah, the one i have so... and i love it kind of makes you work towards getting a better hat though <laughs> so it's like <laughs> yeah so if you have better. one that's like t- plus 200 defense or whatever or ha- no it's health right yeah yeah plus 200 health and then you're like i, I need a better hat and then so you have to go into the dungeons and then find yourself one so i don't know yeah, but you're not changing your clothes and items too often. I felt like it really, this game kind of drip feeds you with new items that you're getting. Every once in a while, you're more building the weapons that you're going to be taking, but as far as like what you're wearing, majority of the time it's what you end up finding in the dungeons or maybe getting through a storyline quest. So it, I felt like it took forever to actually change that ugly hat. Yeah, which this is slightly off topic. I don't know why I just thought of it. But I actually really liked with this game how the kind of like the town events, you really got to participate. So there's ones where you're finding these like ghost emblems and you shoot people who are coming towards you and it knocks theirs out. But there's a lot of like things like that too that add to it. And I also feel like the game wants you to explore, which is why there's chests everywhere that you can that you can look for. But I just thought it, they added so much stuff to do to like look forward to. See, I fully agree with you. I absolutely loved the events in this game. The only thing I disagree with is I think the rewards for all the events are terrible. There was nothing in any of the events where it's like, oh, when you collect enough of badges from doing this event, you can buy these things. There was never anything I was like, ooh, I really want to get that. Because all the clothes were always like low level, level 10 stuff. So by the time you get the badge for it, I'm level 30 and it's like, well... That's terrible for me. I don't want that anymore. So I didn't care for any of the rewards for any of the events, but I enjoyed the events. I thought, like, the martial art tournament was a lot of fun. Even the fishing contest, I think, was a lot of fun. Which I have to say, with the martial arts tournament, I was so bummed, and I'm so glad that I played this on PC before. I signed up for the event, because you sign up for it, like, two to three days before, and then they wouldn't let me participate. There was so many glitches in this game, and that was one of the ones that really irritated me. It's because you played a girl. (laughs) (laughs) But obviously, I mean, it just... It's very, very frustrating because you can't go back. If you want to restart your day over, you can X out and you can start the day over. But because I had signed up days before, there was nothing I could do about it. And luckily, I'd already done the, the tournament before. But yeah, this game, I mean, it was a little glitchy with PC, but I feel like Xbox was 100 times worse. 
And it was even just characters getting stuck. There are certain areas where like I could no longer jump, like just random crap like that, that it was just like, it was a little bit of a hindrance. Well, so I actually had the same bug you did, Liz, as far as the martial arts tournament. I kind of did it to my, well, so the first time I just completely didn't realize I had to register in advance. So then I went back two days and I registered and then I went through those days and then I went to the tournament and then I didn't get a spot in the fights. So then I went back again to register myself because I think it keeps like two or three days in the past that you can go back and load a game. I, I don't know how far back you had, Liz, but I did. Anywho, oh, I, I finally I finally got into it, needless to say, but the first round of fights, I didn't fight my own. I just walked into the ring. It went blank for about 10 seconds and then it just said win. So that was cool. And then That happened I to me. It's because yeah, the person got stuck and they didn't enter the arena, and so it just gives you the win. Oh, uh, okay. But yeah, and then the other ones like I would watch the fight and only one person would show up. Everything worked the second day, needless to say. And it was kind of neat, but ultimately going back to the battle of the game, I just stun locked the characters. I was under leveled for it when I went into the martial arts tournament, but I was able to stun lock people and I won. So I didn't have any issues with the martial arts tournament. I was able to sign up and I was able to participate, no problem. Like I said, I had that one problem that you did, Keith, where the person didn't enter the arena. And it just gave me the free win. But I didn't have any of the problems. But I do agree. I, there was a lot of characters that would have issues with clipping into the wall or would end up like floating in the air. I know you took a picture <laughs> of one of the characters floating in the air, Keith. Yeah, I was looking for an exorcist in the town because I think it was, uh, what's her name? Not Phyllis. I want to I call her Phyllis because she's the oldest person in town. But yeah, Sophie, the, the farmer lady. I walked in and she was just floating up near the ceiling. I don't know what that was about. Other than I guess it was a glitch. Did you guys have any issue with the date with Merlin? Because when I tried to go on the date, which you need to do in order to get a camera for someone, the date started and then it said the date ended unexpectedly. Like I couldn't get her to do anything that she was supposed to. Like she's supposed to follow you to either like the, the restaurant or there's different areas that you can go to. But I thought it was really annoying because I, I had other stuff that I had to do for like the days ahead. Like I already planned on doing it this day. So I ended up just, it, that one didn't have a time limit. So I was just wondering, did you guys get to date Merlin? Well, I can say that most of my dates do end unexpectedly. I didn't even <laughs> get any dates in this game, so sadly, no. No, I did not. Oh, man, way to make our podcast depressing, Keith. <laughs> hey, I'm laughing about it. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I didn't have any issues with it. It, it went off without a hitch. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so I just, like, I just ignored it because there wasn't a time limit and I was like, I'd rather do other stuff than have an awkward date with Merlin. Because I'd played it before and it really isn't a good date. (laughs) It's kind of a boring date. (laughs) But I want to talk about now what I think is the worst part about this game. The music? And that is music and sound. (laughs) So bad. Thank you for interrupting us. I knew it. No, I wanted to guess. (laughs) But the the music and the sound of this game are just awful they're not even just like i know liz with some of the other games you're like eh they're okay they did their job this game i think they were just awful i had to mute it it is glorified elevator music and it's literally about three songs you have the battle song and then you have like two everyday songs and they're just very generic and they're just they just sound like elevator music and then the sound whoever came up with the decision for the sounds I really hope they got fired. I know that sounds a little harsh, but I don't know what they were thinking. Because as Keith was pointing out when we were playing, whenever you do the dungeons and you kill the monsters, for whatever reason, he decided a turkey gobbling noise was a good idea for the sound of monsters spawning. And it is obnoxious. 
you kill everything, you just hear gobble, 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 and like all these monsters appear. And it's like, who thought of that? They did have one good idea though, which is if you are being attacked, um, the music changes. Because there are times where I'm chopping down a tree and I don't realize that I hit like a level 25 llama when I'm like just starting out in the game and then I hear the music and I turn around and I'm like oh my gosh I need to book it because like at the very beginning like your defense is terrible and that happened to me and I was like oh and that, that was before I got so sick of the music that I muted it but so I mean that was actually pretty beneficial oh I was gonna say even with the battle music it was delayed it would always yeah. take about three seconds before it would kick in and then it would run about three seconds too long so it was definitely helpful. I get what you're saying, but it all it wasn't like timely helpful. But then my other thing that I couldn't stand was the sound of the monsters, the Slurpees. Oh, Whenever you killed them, it was oh. just loud screech. It was like the sound of a car slamming on its brakes, and it was just obnoxious. And I I would avoid fighting them. The, the sound they would make was just unbearably loud. It just was ear piercing every time. Did you guys have any noises that, like, irritated you? Well, you already said mine. I mean, the, the turkey one was awful. The other thing, but one thing that also just bothered the heck out of me was when you were fighting, some characters, you would hit them, and it sounded like you were punching, like, a punching bag, and then sometimes it sounded like it was a, a sword slashing. It, it just was not consistent, and it was weird. For me, it was just the music. That was my least favorite. Because, I mean, for the animals, I feel like the ones that I killed the most didn't make noises, like the the colorful llamas. Um, they did. They made, a, But they made an appropriate sound. They, yeah, they sounded like a dead llama. But I, I, the obnoxious ones... How do you know I what a dead llama sounds like? I kill a lot of llamas. All right. That's <laughs> all I need to know. Carry I mean, on. Okay, what I assume a dead llama would sound like. <laughs> I'm just... Sorry, you said it. I had to ask. <laughs> Wait. So I'm surprised that there wasn't anything in this game that really irritated me with the sound, Liz. Because I always think about the time with Operencia, how you hated the sound oh. of the feather. And I didn't think that sound was that bad. But I felt like everything in this game was really obnoxious. You know, I did also play this game, like, after I ate, too. So, <laughs> I mean, that's really important to remember. But I think it was also in Operencia, like, the, the violent control shaking as well. But for me, like, I thought it was weird because I don't mind repetition even with the music like in graveyard keeper but this music was just like the worst for me i i muted it every time and just had something going in the background like playing music and i try not to do that because you know i, I want to experience everything with the game but with this I, I just had to mute it nope i did the same thing i turned it off and i just put on my own music in the background for long periods of time it wasn't worth it so, and then there's a couple things I learned about this game uh, since it's been ported over now to the Xbox. So as Liz was saying, I originally bought it for her on Steam, on the PC, for her to play, because this game seemed right up her alley. Sure enough, it was. But I noticed, the first thing I quickly noticed about this game is that there's no voice acting on the Xbox version, but there was voice acting on the PC Steam version. So I thought that was a really weird choice. I don't know if there was some sort of issue, like with the licensing or something like that. I know, Liz, you kind of found some things that maybe explain why. Yeah, so when I was looking at the Metacritic scores, one of the users wrote about how they hated the game because they didn't pay their employees. So I was like, oh, I got to Google this. And um, there's a bunch of articles. I don't know for sure like what happened with it, but there are a lot of articles saying that they didn't pay their voice actors. Like I said, I don't know if it's true or not, 
But I feel like maybe that's why the voice acting's gone, which I think it's pretty necessary in this game. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I really like the voice acting on the PC version. Yeah, they definitely need to get that back. But if that is the issue, maybe they'll fix it when they pay them. <laughs> Hopefully they do pay them. That's allegedly. gross. <laughs> okay, allegedly. That's true. <laughs> we read it on the internet. It's alleged. We did not write this. But there's another thing I do want to mention if you do decide to play this game. That, so this game is on Game Pass for the Xbox and the PC, but it is not an Xbox Play Anywhere title. So whatever you decide to play on, either the Xbox or the PC, it only has a save file for that that you're playing on. So overall, though, I know you're probably with me on this, Liz, because you played it on PC as well, but I think this game is a lot better on the PC than it is the console. Yeah, I also think, too, that... With the Xbox controller, I wish the buttons were different. The action button is is X, and for me, it just like there's just little funky things that I I or when you scroll through your inventory, but when you're playing on the PC, managing your inventory, organizing things like that are so much easier. With this, I actually kind of got lazy with organizing my chests and stuff because it's more time consuming. It's not as easy. So at this game, I definitely think is better on PC. Having only played it on Xbox, I even agree with you. I I told Andrew this one time playing it, I know for sure, is that I there's just a lot of aspects where I was like, I wish I just had a mouse to just quickly click on this button and do this action. Because the scrolling on the Xbox even is super slow when you're trying to use like the cursors with the sticks. So it's it's kind of a bummer, but it's still very playable on, on the controller. Just, I guess, if you have the choice, maybe choose PC, I think I would say. Yeah, overall, I think it is a very good port from going from PC first, then to Xbox. But I will say another big miss with this game is there is no controller layout customization in this game. There is only the one option that they give you. So when you go to option, all it does is show you the map of the controller and like what the buttons do. Which, the right trigger which I felt like would be probably the most common used button, you like never use that button. It was like something for the camera, but I never used it. All I, I noticed that it does, it says currently unavailable. And that popped up so much yeah. for me. Because <laughs> whenever I would go to like start um, getting ore, I would hit I'd hit the trigger. Yeah, it's and for like, like the oh action button. It's like, nope, I guess that's nothing. So yeah, I think it's a big miss that you couldn't customize control at all in this game. Achievements! Thanks Liz for that awesome segue. <laughs> so going to the achievements... So if you're an achievement hunter, I overall probably would not recommend this game because this game is the type of game that will just absorb tons of hours from your life. And a lot of the achievements are kind of story progression. Like a lot of the achievements you're going to get just by continuously playing the game. A good amount of them are actually story progression. So unless you plan on pouring a bunch of hours into this game, this is not a great game to pad your gamer score with. But with that being said, I think the achievements in this game are actually pretty good. I know there was a couple of keys that you were looking at that you were like, oh, I'm going to quickly do this. This is going to be fun. Such as giving a terrible gift. And you're like, oh, that's easy. I'll just give someone a piece of poop and then share it off. A guy's just like, oh, thanks. And you're like, yeah, free achievement. Which is yep. one I didn't want to do, which was you have to stand somebody up on a date. And I'm just like, I even it's a game and I can't be that rude. <laughs> Can you imagine? So I don't. Wait, th- so you didn't get that achievement when the date with Merlin didn't happen? No. Oh. That hmm. whole thing did not work out. Well, no, because it sounds like Merlin stood her up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't really have much more to say to that, honestly, Andrew. I think I'm in the same boat. Like, you're not going to rack up a ton, but if you like playing the game, it's fun to play. It's easy to play. You will get achievements. You'll get them. 
but it's not for quick points, no. That said, we are going to be bringing a new segment, which I suppose I will segue into here now. Nice segue. <clears throat> oh, I'm a, I'm a great I seg- guess I'll do it. I mean... I'm a great segueer. It's uh, a new term I just made up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we decided we wanted to look at Xbox. Obviously, you can track achievement score versus each other and all of that. Um, but sometimes they have pretty fun stats in the game. This one didn't have any that we really can talk much about. But we'll be, we'll be bringing those up from time to time. But as far as achievements, Liz, again... Dare I say we promote her to Master Builder for the week? Because she... No, she could not take that title. (laughs) No, I think we have to because for this week, at least on Xbox, not only did she just put me in my place as a workshop builder, (laughs) um, she beat Andrew on achievements. Jeez. So I think we have to crown her the the Master Builder for the week. I've never been more proud of myself. Five. Um, Five. As a percentage, I actually am trying to look at the... See if I can find the numbers. Liz had thirty percent of achievements. I was twenty. Andrew was eighteen. This is a so, one and only thing. Yeah, I, I had. This will happen again. No, fine. You get the title. Let's let's re-record this episode. Liz, you're the host for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're re-recording. Yeah, see how quickly he turns on his wife, folks. <laughs> um, yeah. So I only had nine achievements, and like I said, that was twenty percent of the game. Um, Liz probably had a few more. So yeah, it's it's tough for the achievements. The only achievement or the only stat we really had to go off of, which this is the only thing Andrew I guess can claim, is Ooh, yeah. the number of commissions completed. He beat Liz by one with seventeen. Liz had sixteen, and well, I had nine because I only had one furnace. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you played as much as you did with one furnace. That Shut up! Mind. Can we just wrap this up already? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Liz, why don't you start us off? What did you? What are your final thoughts on this game? Oh wow! What is this a surprise <laughs> I, segment I'm, for I'm you? Prepared. <laughs> oh wow! What, what are we doing? Wrap this? up. Is this new? I, is this new content? It's hard because <laughs> with the score. Oh, oh that was bad. <laughs> well, you see, the so, score is a score. <laughs> so I really like this game. It's hard to score it because. It was so glitchy, and it was so much slower on the Xbox. It really... I don't know. I So I think I might lean towards an 88 or a 90. I think for me, I kind of miss the freedom of games like Stardew, which, I mean, there is freedom to do what you want in this game, but it is very structured, and there, there are things you have to do in, like, certain amounts of time and things like that. So, I mean, there are things that I loved about it, things that I was kind of meh about it. But overall... I just love games like this. I thought it was so different graphically than the other games that are like it. And if you do like games like this, I would definitely give this a go. But just remember that there are some frustrating bits in it. So for me, overall, I like this game. I think it's a lot of fun. It's a great game that you can kind of pick up and relax. This is definitely a game to play after a long day of work where you can just kind of shut your brain off and just really just keep doing these simple tasks and really kind of progress to this game. So for me, this is a really relaxing game. It is a lot of fun. But that being said, I absolutely hate the sound of music in this game, and I really didn't care for the graphics. So for me, I'm, I'm aiming around more like an 83. I have a lot of fun with it. I, I really love the automation of everything in your workshop that you just dump things in, and it spits out the products after a few minutes or so. But yeah, for me, it's just 
the music and sound were just so jarring in this game that I it's hard for me to like play with this game of sound, which I think is a poor aspect of a game. If you have to turn it, the sound off, that's not good. But overall, yeah, it's, it is a game and it is a lot of fun. Yeah, so I guess as far as final thoughts, there's really not much more I can say that you guys haven't <laughs> said already. Um, I mean, base I, we've established I'm the apprentice this week. Uh, that's why I'm last here. But I, I guess the one thing I would say is I think it's a fantastic game. I think it's a ton of fun to play. The music basically does suck. So I agree with Andrew. Just go ahead, go home, kick back on your couch, mute it, throw on an episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, you know, listen to us and uh, play some My Time at Porsche. It's a great time. I've done it myself. And, and I hate listening to myself. So that tells you that tells you how not bad of a time it is. It's just that not bad. So, if you mute the game, 85. Huh? Oh, so we're all around the same area. So, looking at the Metacritic score, uh, critics are giving it a 73 for Xbox and PC. And I looked at both this week because there really weren't that many Xbox reviews because it's new to Xbox. Uh, Xbox for users, 5.7. And then PC was really close, 6.6. There was a lot of complaints about combat and it being tedious. I think those were like the the big complaints from people. But um, yeah, I I definitely don't think it's like a 5.7. But you guys should play it and tell us who you agree with. Oh, so we were higher than the critics and the users? Yeah. Jeez. That's where I was not. So for me, like I give my score based on enjoyability primarily. So for me, it's like, wow, people gave it like 5.7 average on Xbox for users. It's like, wow, they really didn't like this game. (laughs) That's going to do it for us this week at Game Pass Grab Bag. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, did we miss anything? Did we get anything horribly wrong? Or do you have a game you rec- want to recommend to us? Please let us know. You can find us at Twitter at GPGBpod. We're also on Facebook at Game Pass Grab Bag. Or you can send us an email directly at GamePassGrabBag at gmail.com. I have been your now journeyman host, Andrew. You can follow me on Xbox Live at Firebird01952. Uh, I also have Twitter with the same name as well, Firebird01952. And I'm also on Mixer as well, where I will be streaming the games that we're playing, which next week is my pick. And to find out what our pick is, you need to follow us on Twitter. And we'll announce it on Twitter. So if you want to keep up to date to what we're doing and how things are going, be sure to follow us. Do I get to talk now? I'm the apprentice. I just wanted to make sure it was all right <laughs> with the master here. Um, so as always, I'm Keith, ending out on a low note tonight. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Keith Lynch 121 as always. Xbox, Lil Fluffy. One of my mixer as well, Lil Fluffy. Find my link on my Twitter. Do all that. Follow us. Compare your stats to us if you want. You can just you can literally just follow us on Xbox. You don't even have to do much more. If you just want to see your stats, you can. Yeah, that actually reminds me. I would love if people who are big achievement hunters to start following me because I need some challenge in my life. I feel like everyone on my friends list I beat so Ooh. easily. So if you think you're a pretty good achievement hunter and you want to try to compare scores, be sure to follow me. Oh, snap. And I've been Liz the Noob, Gaber Tag, Come On I'm Dean, and I am on Twitter as well. At Liz the Noob, Noob is E-W. All right. Uh, thank you all again so much for listening to us. We greatly appreciate all of you guys. Uh, please come come by one of our things and say hi to us. We'd love to hear from you guys. 
But yeah, we hopefully will see you again next week. Bye. Peace out. Thank you.